Welcome, dear listener, to another Geeking on Sportscast. Uh, I'm joined again, once again, by Alex. Ayo. And we have two special guests, Jay and Olivier. Great to be back. Looking forward to the pod today. Let's Thanks go, for having Jay. me back, boys. Uh, I'm excited to talk about some, uh, some draft stuff. Let's do it. Let's do it. And before we get started, we're going to touch on some sensitive information. So, Alex, if you want to... Uh, just mention the two little or not. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll just give a trigger warning. So if there's any kind of assault or uh, sexual assault, um, yeah, just turn it off for maybe a minute or so. But uh, uh, yeah, so I'm just going to speak a little bit about um, firstly, what happened in Montreal with them picking in the first round, Logan Mayu. Um, he uh, about a week prior to the draft, um, basically renounced himself from the draft because um, he actually was um, uh, distributed uh, an, um, a picture of a woman that he had consensual sex with and the victim uh, without the victim's consent. And he was conv- convicted of a crime and had to um, face like punishment. He didn't go to jail, but kind of um, did he was convicted and uh and he renounced himself and despite that the the canadians still picked him i think it's a pretty reprehensible pick uh i guess it's not even a albeit but there was rumors that this guy mayu would still be picked in the second round which is still despicable i think this really talks about where the hockey culture is and how it really doesn't matter and they're still stuck in the past and I, truthfully, I think uh, Bergevin should get fired for this. But um, transitioning a little bit, there was also stuff coming out of Chicago, which is just as bad, in my opinion, where um, a video coach in 2010 basically uh, sexually assaulted a player. Um, and then that trainer was basically was relieved of his duties after they won the cup that year. And uh, basically what's in, me- uh, in question is that did the Cox give this guy a reference letter? He went to another school, um, then became a uh, convicted um, pedophile of 16 year or um, of uh, like, I think high school students or university students. Um, I won't go into the details of that because it's, it's really gruesome. Um, I will say that as well, there were players that apparently that were making fun of uh, the, the John Doe in this case for um, basically having the sexual encounter with, with this video trainer um, that was non-consensual. So there's guys like um, Patrick Kane, um, Duncan Keith, um, I can go uh, Jonathan Taves that were all on that team and I'm sure know, knew about it, Joel Quenville. So, um, and General not to mention Shovel well. Dayoff was in that front office. Um, Bergevin was player of person, uh, or uh, what's it called? Personnel. What's it? Uh, VP, president of player. Yeah, president of hockey operations or yeah. something like that. So in, in my opinion, considering this comes out 11 years later, um, all those three guys, Chevy, Bergevin, Bowman should, should, should be fired or at least really come be reprimanded at the very least. And all they've, done is just come out with statements the nhl is looking at or has an investigation but they are not going to release it to the public so what's the point in that so anyways i just thought it was good to mention it and um thinking about the woman in sweden um obviously like horrible situation and obviously the the former nhler 
who um, who's come out and is now uh, filing a lawsuit against the NHL. So um, I think the NHL, it really shows how far behind they are and um, how not proactive they are, especially with the, the drafting of Mayu and this incident that's really been pushed to a side for many years. Well said. It's hard to put a lot of that in words, but we'll try to transition into the next segment. But thank you for sharing that. It is a very tough subject. And of course, we're not the best platform for this, but we, we thought it was important that we share a bit of information. Uh, moving on to the NHL expansion draft. Now, it, it seems that Seattle went for a relatively cheap and young core. Um, was this the right move considering all the high-end players that were available in the expansion draft? I mean, this includes just a, and just a few names to you know give to you guys. This James Van Riemsdyk, Carey Price, Gabriel Landeskog, Andre Palat, Tarasenko, Bishop, Kakinen, Kalorn, amongst a lot of other really solid players. And of course, some of them have bad contracts, but you feel like you could do something with that. I don't really hate what they did. Um, they had like two options in my mind, which was either do what they did, which is go young and cheap, or like swing for the fences. We're winning the cup next year and take all the big bad contracts they could because they were a lot. And like, if you look at the team that could have been by all the players that they either just skipped over or didn't draft, it's a pretty good team. But I don't mind what they did because the biggest problem with most team nowadays is that they're, you know, strapped for cash, whether it's the cap or they're just paying bad contracts, stuff like that. And with a brand new fresh franchise like that, why put yourself in that situation right away? Especially if, I mean, despite what happened to Vegas, people are now expecting expansion teams to win, but Mm -hmm. you're brand new. You have no cap. I would honestly, I don't mind what Ron Francis did where you give yourself a young core of solid guys that, either didn't get the chance to flourish where they were. Like I look at Hayden Fleury, I look at Kale Fleury, guys that showed promise, but didn't really get to break through in the roles they were in. Like Hayden Fleury in Carolina was just not the best D-man they had, but given a bigger role might be able to turn into something else. And they're both very young. So will he be given a, a chance though with that, with that current Seattle, you know, back end? I think Hayden Fleury will get given a chance. I don't think, I don't think his brother will as much. Um, but what I like is that they have all these, younger guys they have you know their decor on itself looks fine to me it's more finding that offense but uh i don't mind what they did with that and just going through the next few years without any big bad contracts having a lot of cap space to work with because i'm sure that ron francis was has also been looking at the ufa for next year the year after and seeing some names that are coming up maybe this was a theory of mine before but i was considering he was maybe going to offer sheet someone just because he had the cap space but Pedersen? Yes, I was looking at that and I was like, oh, what if he offers sheet to Pedersen? I don't know if the Canucks could pay that. But, um, you know, I personally don't mind what he did. It They're definitely not going to come out like Vegas. I don't think so. Again, I could be wrong, but uh, I don't think they're going to come out like Vegas and be very good. But I think they're building a good court. We've seen it before. Ron France is a pretty smart GM. He built that Carolina Hurricanes team and hmm. they have they've been deep for like a few years now. Yeah. I don't know, like Personally, I think I think they were on the right track. I think they missed quite a few opportunities, though. I think the big highlight for me, at least, was the lack of draft capital they got off um, off the yeah. expansion draft. Yeah. You look at what uh, Vegas did; they end up with three first round picks, and then when they had a good team, and I mean, obviously, making the Cup final in their first year, I don't think Seattle's going to do that. I think they're going to be a below five hundred team. But in the Pacific still... Division, though, yeah, yeah. 
I don't, they have they have a solid decor, but I mean, I don't I don't love their forwards. I think their forwards are are pretty lacking. They don't really have a true center, like a first line center. They don't have that star power. And like you look at what Vegas did, you wind up with three first round picks, and then they went all in to win now when they had that. So it just when you have the draft capital, it gives you a lot of flexibility, I find. And I just don't really see it. Like right now, I think they have one extra fourth round pick. In my mind, that's not doing it. I, I understand building a core, but you also want to draft players to get into your into your team. So I don't know. I think I think their decor, honestly, pretty good. Um, but definitely like I, don't know, I think missing not drafting Tarasenko is two years left on his contract. You can easily retain some salary, trade him off for a first, probably more uh, to a cup contender. And I think that that was a big highlight miss for me. I don't think Carey Price was ever going uh, to Seattle. I think they also could have gotten some better goalies. Um, I think not taking Ben Bishop or Kakinen was uh, also a little bit of a mistake. But uh, no, yeah, like Alex, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, there's uh, some stuff that you said I, I definitely agree with. I think the idea of Tarasenko, he's, I mean, he wasn't traded at the draft, and my after the draft, actually, I, I think of their expansion draft a bit worse because I expected a lot of these guys that they picked to be traded or used in other side deals, and and they and they just weren't other than the pick uh, Pitlick or uh, trade, which is pretty minute, really, just for a fourth round pick. Uh, I thought they should have picked guys off teams and then just traded them, uh, as as you said. And they do have thirty million dollars in cap space now. If they let's say get out, get out the books and sign Landeskog, Schwartz, guys like that to to big deals. Okay, that their forward group doesn't look too bad, but at the same time, I just don't understand why they pick guys on like the Kings, like McDermott or Beirut or like. You're not – you could have thought – you had better guys to pick over Quenville out of Chicago. You had guys that you could at least pick up as an asset and then trade, and they just picked out basically journeyman guys that can maybe plug in or get traded for a six but not really a value. So that's really what I didn't like. I, I understood prioritizing the cap, but for me it's like why are you taking guys off teams that they're fine with you losing? Um now, I don't think kind of – I think the price thing was definitely a big thing for them. Again, I don't like it. I think they should have picked them in retrospect considering they don't really have a number one goalie. Um, now, do they get another one? Maybe. I guess you could play Decord in the AHL, but and but who's the other goalie? Vanasek, I guess. Vanasek and then but, for me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense of why – who's their number one goalie? Do you really believe Chris Drieger? I, I don't. I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the NHL or he shouldn't have got that deal, but if anything, he's your one B at least to start. Right. So, um, and wh- why not? There was a bunch of goalies they could have picked and, and they didn't really. So I, I, I found it pretty underwhelming. They didn't use all the leverage they had. I think that what they were saying was if you don't want us to pick your player, it's a first and a third, that is a high price. And, and I understand doing that, but, yeah, pretty underwhelming. But then again, if they use the uh, the thirty million dollars on really good forwards, most likely that they'll need, they could be a really good team, especially in a really bad division, probably the worst in in the league next year. Um, and with the Canucks uh, being really bad too, right, Karen? Okay, buddy. Um, oh. I would like to say, yeah, it, it was disappointing. 
um, they did not use their leverage at all. And, and I think that's very surprising. A lot of people in the hockey community were saying just like how lackadaisical, or maybe not lackadaisical, but just they, they just didn't do anything. I mean, Vegas made so many teams pay. So is there a little bit of, uh, you know, people learn from the Vegas situation and they didn't allow Ron Francis to just go around and do whatever, or was it truly missed opportunities? And it, really, to me, it seems like Seattle just went in and drafted a team. They did not use their tools and maybe they didn't understand the tools that were available to them. I, I don't know, but it just, it seems really odd that they couldn't come up with any trades or any leverage or anything really. What's weird to me is I remember watching this draft. I was watching it with Alex and we were watching the whole thing and we're like, oh, there have to be so many side deals. Because yeah. for some of the players, we would see it happening and we're like, all right, they took this guy, not a bad pick, like Dennis Cholosky out of Detroit. Young guy, showed promise, couldn't really find his game. I was like, all right, that's a decent pick, a guy that you're hoping has that, has that like William Carlson turnaround. But then they would be grabbing people from other teams and you're like, all right, they chose... Alexander True. Okay, is he going to have that kind of turnaround? I don't think that's what they're expecting, which is why I was thinking, okay, maybe they picked him and then we're going to find out that, oh, they got a second round pick to take Alexander True or a second and a third or whatever the, their deal would have been. And the fact that no deals came out of this makes me really like to my previous point, it has to have been that they were looking at that cap and really wanted to stay as far away from it as they could to look at potential UFAs or to take on bad contracts. But then they didn't do that. It feels like you look at this roster and you look at a team of guys that half of them are, you know, projects to work on to hopefully get better. And the other half are guys that you got paid to take, but you didn't get paid to take them. Well, that's the thing. So they have a bunch of 23, 24, 25 year olds Mm -hmm. that are third, like not even third liners, like fourth liners, perhaps, or, or like fringe fifth sixth defenseman yeah and there's a lot of these guys that you like that you see them and you're like if he's on your team you know it's relative depth you look at mason appleton morgan geeky colin blackwell like those are guys that i see and i'm like okay like that's my you know third line or my you know not my top pair d and i'm kind of happy with what i see and like you know names like Jonas donskoy jordan eberly brandon tanev Actually, not bad can, players can i mention one thing yeah go on do you, is there a chance per se that they took Jonas Donskoy from the Avalanche to perhaps then take Gabriel Landeskog in free agency to try to entice him? Yeah, or just like to maybe steal two picks. Instead I, I of don't. One. I, I don't. Uh, truthfully, I don't think it works that way unless I find out. But, but if they offer more than say, because Colorado's dropped the cash. Yeah, yeah. But I just yeah. mean I don't think the Donskoy pick is related to if they get Landeskog. Okay. That's I, I don't think it's unless it's unless I find out that they're best friends from Sweden since they were fourteen. Then I, I don't. Yeah. think That's the case. But I definitely think they're they definitely seem in on Landeskog. That situation I don't think we'll really touch upon, but doesn't seem to be the most fruitful at at least right now. They got the Macar deal done in um yeah in in colorado so that's good but yeah i I don't think it necessarily has that effect but they're not going to be at 30 million under the cap when the season starts they're gonna get something or they're they must be signing free agents especially they need a a centerman like they don't have a first line center like they're so weak up the middle it's it's honestly it's it's i think it's a big problem for them their best center right now is probably yanny gord who's going under surgery and yeah. who knows if he's and then play. after that, it's like McCann, McCann's a good player. I, I, it's he's a, not really like he's not the 
He's more of a winger, though. Yeah, it says he's a, plays a center left winger. I I, I th- always thought of him as a winger. Especially. They're definitely gonna play him on the wing. They only have yeah. two other like left wingers that are titled as left wingers. But like, if you look at their center depth, like Jay was saying, got Yandy Gord, Kale Yarncrook, and then what? Blackwell, Appleton, or Morgan Gee? Is Brandon Tanev a winger? Or is he a Brandon Tanev's left wing? Yeah. yeah okay. So, so like. It, I, it's, I don't like that when you look at it versus other teams. Go ahead, Alex. No, I was just going to say is that's the thing that I didn't really like is that, especially with their forward group, the center ice position is by far the most valuable position, and, and they really didn't draft that way, right? Um, well, they drafted a lot of centermen, but none of them are necessarily that, like, number one. And maybe – so here's the thing. If they do this and then they sign Philip Deno, imagine they sign yeah. Philip Deno. He's playing first-line center in Montreal – and doing a decent job of it as a shutdown centerman, not going to put points, but at least he gives you that one, one and a half C role, you know, like he's not a true number one center, but he's also better than a number two. I feel he also, makes, then, he also makes room for them. If they want, like for me, that knows your second line center. He's a, he's a great second line center. Yeah. Ideally he's your second yeah. line center. Yeah. He so was you playing first him, line center. You get or? him. Think about that biggest team in 2018. They didn't have any stars. Like the, they're not allowed to really pluck the best, best players, right? So if you get the no, now I don't, I haven't heard anything about him to the Kraken. It makes sense, but I, ha- I truthfully haven't heard of anything about that. But that's the kind of deal where, okay, you have to know now you have depth at that position. Mm-hmm. You have players, it fills out the roster. They could sign to no to six million or whatever, and they'd still have plenty of cap space, right? So because I'd feel a lot better, not, you know, expert, like, Having Yanni Gord, Philip Dano, and then either Yarncrook or Geeky or Blackwell or Appleton or whoever, you know, John Kenville. But just having that one two of Yanni Gord and Philip Dano are two guys that are not maybe bona fide number one centers, but well, can Yanni fill Gord's that number two role. Well, he's Sorry? a third line center on the best. Yeah, team Yanni Gord's a third line center. I, yeah, yeah, but on, you know, behind. You know, on the Lightning, a lot of guys, a lot of guys that are on the Lightning in the third probably, line would play second, think, first line on other teams. I think yeah. he maxes out as a second line. Center. Yeah, I, th- I agree. If he's I, your, I, yeah, go Jay. Sir, I, I think personally they screwed up on that pick. I think uh, really? Palat or Kalorn would have been better picks. Personally, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big Palat guy. I think he's really, really good. Again, like, but the thing is, he doesn't really play the center, so um, not not as great so i can i understand the pick i i still think yanny gord is a good player but yeah i think he his his ceiling is second line center and then i don't know i, I was thinking to looking back like what do you guys think on uh on not taking max domi as possibly being your first center i know he's a big cap hit and he's uh he, he wasn't looking great last year let's be honest also but, not uh, a natural center either though yeah that's true yeah i, I, I think I, I think just there's a lot of missed opportunities or just like i I come out. I'm come out looking at the draft more confused than yeah. Kind of Jay, Jay I think you have a good point there. At least with Domi and Tarasenko, right? It's not a big one. You can flip them if they play really well, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't have a lot of. Sure, they have a bad big cap hit, but it's for one or two years. You're not. It's not killing you down the road, right? Exactly. It's not, like, it's not like they have a lot of like they don't have bad contracts right now because like, yeah. most of their player they don't have a player player signed past the uh 2026 season like, yeah exactly uh, so it just it was it was confusing i would say and just to speak from ottawa like from an Ottawa's perspective because i'm the resident ottawa expert right <laughs> i don't know absolutely uh 
I was perplexed by the Joey Decord uh, selection. Yeah, really? I thought, I thought Tierney was gone 100%. Like, in my mind, he is the perfect player for that team. Centerman, if he's, if he's your, your third-line center, I think you're, like, you're, you're buzzing. You're good, that is, That's good. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's a guy. He can kill penalties. He can do everything. Um, wins but face-offs. He- and, yeah, he's good up this. Um, he can play center. And then Joey Decord, I think, I mean, seems like a great guy. I liked him on the team, but what he had, I think he had eight starts this year, one win, 897 save percentage. <laughs> Wasn't great. Coming off a season engine, uh, a season ending injury as well that required surgery. Like, I don't know really what they see in him, but apparently I know a few other uh, hockey insiders were saying they also like the pick, but personally, I, I just did not understand that one at all. There's a, there's a ton of risk. There's well, a again, ton of risk well again, why didn't they, like, for me, you pick Kakinen instead, who looks yeah. like a much better player, a bit younger, was projected to be a really good player. And then you pick Chris Tierney, who has a, a bit of a cap hit, but for one year, you yeah, know, he's an NHL player. can fit. He's a known down. quantity, yeah. Yeah, and then let's say it's at the deadline and Boston really needs a third-line center. You flip him and get a third-round pick. You're not trading to Cord right now. And exactly. You can also flip Kakinen. Exactly. If you really, so it just, it doesn't make exactly Jay. So I think you just hit on a really good point there. Yeah. Also Joey Decord, not a prospect. He's like what? 25, 26, 24. He's, been a, he's 24. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but like 96, he's been around. So I don't know. Like personally, oh, I was not a huge fan of that pick. Yeah. He'll be 25. I, mean, I, I was a fan season. from an Ottawa, from an Ottawa perspective. I think it's a great pick because uh, now we've got Matt Murray, number one goalie in the league. Uh, best contract <laughs> ever. And uh, Gus the bus can back him up. Already, right. already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so with all that, you know, said, what are some additions and sus- subtractions that you guys would have made f- through? I mean, we, we talked about Kakinen, we talked about Chris Tierney. I'm sure you can make a, a you know, a, I don't know, say maybe Ryan Getzlaff for leadership. I don't know, he's 35, so maybe not. But just not what are some players that you could? that you might have wanted to see chosen by the Kraken. Coming from a Habs fan, like the the pick for Kale Flurry is from a Habs fan, I'm okay with that. They can have Kale Flurry. He can go hang out on the blue line with his brother. That's fantastic. Good for them. Mom only has to buy one jersey. Perfect. But I mean Kale Flurry was not the best player available to them by any stretch of the imagination. Sure, he's on a, you know, he's 22. He's on an entry contract or like at worst a very low contract but like there are so many better options that were available to them that they could have gone for and that's not even like counting if you pull carry price out of the picture completely the Habs had a lot of better younger ready to go or just older more qualified players for a d that comes to mind right away brett kulak yeah they could have taken him and easily as soon as they take him you have a second or third pair guy that makes you know, it relatively stay at home, makes few to little mistakes, can play the penalty kill, does all that. Instead, they kind of gamble on Kale Fleury, who played eight NHL games last season and who had a moderate amount of points in the AHL with the Rocket, but... Or you flip Kulak. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You take Kulak, he gets you a third-round pick yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Exactly. The same thing when the Habs flipped Mike Riley to the Sens, then the Sens flipped Riley to Boston, like... 
guys like that that just are not a liability on the de- on the defense or are just a purely offensive guy like the reason the Habs took in Gustafson is they were like we want a defenseman we can put on on the power play and nowhere else you know and that's what one of these players could have been but some of the people available would have been much much better and even if they wanted to take just a bigger hit like Paul Byron has shown that he can play big moments and play big games two seasons on you know 3.4 million a year it's two seasons worst comes worse you flip him at the deadline Paul Byron will get you a third or a second if he's having a good year he's had 20 goal seasons in the past it uh it kind of blows my mind that they decided to go with Kale Fleury I don't think it's necessarily bad I think he can develop into something good but I don't think it's going to be anything better than a number three d may probably my number four yeah but, i mean especially too if you look at their defensive court, like they're already stacked like, like yeah. they have a good yeah, defensive court. so it, it's just some of the additions just just don't make sense that's for me it's like you look at the amount of defensemen they drafted which is a lot and you wonder they have to start flipping some of these guys because you're not mm-hmm. going to use all these d and you're going to lose guys because right now you're going to play giordano you're going to play larson you're probably going to play McDermott, Alexiak. Great contract there. You too. probably want to take play Dennis Chalowski. And then you have, and then Vince Dunn. And that's it. That's your six guys. Yeah. Vince the Dunn's a good, like, yeah. Vince Dunn is a good defenseman too. But just like you look at, you could get a similar version of Vince Dunn, like from Montreal. And then, yeah. and then you draft Tarasenko. It right. Just, yeah. Like, you, like, think, like you think you get Kulak in there or you get mm-hmm. Gustafson instead mm-hmm. of Vince Dunn. I mean, that they're not as good as him. But you look at the upside. Of but then you get Tarasenko, kind of you right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. like even like worst case, Tarasenko plays for you for two years, and that's your star player. When he's healthy, he's a top fifteen player in the league, in my opinion. Tarasenko uh, will sell jerseys. Yeah, exactly. People will be he's, like, "Oh man, I want to, I want a Seattle Tarasenko jersey, one hundred percent." Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think, uh, I don't know. I think we kind of beat it to that almost. Yeah, but yeah. Like this, this draft, I think was was uh, not great. I think, I think they could have done a lot better, but we'll see what they do in free agency. Maybe we'll talk about that later. And even then, like that's without mentioning again, from a Habs fan, it's easy for me to say like Jonathan Drouin, for sure. His health has been up in the air with him being away from the team for a lot of the playoffs. And it's, you know, we weren't sure as soon as the draft was done, we heard from Bergevin that he's been doing fantastic and that he wants to return to the team, but he's one of those players as well, that maybe a change of scenery will do him good. Maybe less pressure in Seattle than there is in Montreal would have helped him. But um, long story short, this this draft was weird and kind of, of underwhelming. A lot of missed opportunities. Uh, now, you, I, I think, Jay, you're the one I mentioned um, selling jerseys. Now, this wasn't scripted or anything like that, but I like this. Who are Seattle fans going to buy a jersey from? Like, wh- what names are they going to get on the back? Is it going to be Captain Giordano? Like, who are they uh, picking? It should, right. it should say cap space on the back. Yeah. <laughs> a nice a cool 25 on the back too was well, seriously know. there's no there's no like real star player like like what you want an adam larson jersey you want a chris drieger jersey you want a yanni Cord jersey? joey decord obviously oh lord the goat okay. um I, they, I feel like whoever they be, kind of become I, the face of it is whoever they get in free agency Eberly, perhaps I think I, it's probably Eberly. Yeah. yeah he's gonna yeah. be their player that they're gonna build around and personally with that pick, I think they should have taken Josh Bailey. I think he's a year younger, less cap hit too. I mean, yeah, but that's just me. But yeah, as far as like, Kieran, like you're mentioning jerseys. Like if I had to pick a name out of this to get a jersey. Oh, it's hard. 
like it's hard personally as you know i would probably if i if i really had to i'd probably get a geeky one because i like morgan geeky as a player but like who's gonna sell tickets jordan eberly that's probably it uh cali yarn croquet you see that video of uh, yeah. a Mershon Lynch in the introducing yeah, yeah no, that, I feel that like was, if the funny. Seattle Kraken sold a jersey with the way he pronounced it written instead of yarn crook it would sell more than any other actual jersey they 100%. sell 100% I'll get a beast mode jersey how about that yeah exactly <laughs> alrighty yeah. Alex um, what addition would you or what addition surprised you the most um, before we cap it off it's tough I kind of was surprised they took on Tanev um, just because of his cap hit. It's three and a half million. He's 29. I, I mean, I really like the player, but it's another four or five years. He's only going to get older. Um, he is a good player, though, but it's kind of you want cap space. Why not get someone else? And then you get him and he also has term, right? So yeah. for me, it's like, why why would you get Tanev instead of a Tierney or a domey where you can at least flip him at the deadline and it's only for one year and you'll mm-hmm. still have 20 million in cap space. So um, just stuff like that. Um, for me, it's more who they didn't pick rather than who they did pick. Mm. Um, but that, said, that, that one surprised me a bit. Why don't we switch it to that? Who were you surprised that they didn't pick? I guess, honestly, Tarasenko, I think because Dunn's a good player, it doesn't make as much sense to me. I'll give you a couple examples of, of teams that I just don't really understand why they picked this player. If we look at LA, they picked this guy named McDermott. He's 27, making basically no money, Has is just a big body. And they had like guys like Blake Lazat, who I don't really fully know that well, but he's 23 He's an RFA next year, making basically the same amount of money, had 10, 12 points. You at least pick up this guy and he's a prospect for you, right? You look at, um, again, with uh, uh, Columbus, they pick, what's his face? Uh, I can't, Bayreuther, the Bayreuther. I've never heard of him. Just a big body defenseman who's a UFA. Um, and they could have picked a guy like Stenland or obviously Domi. So it's it doesn't really make sense. They have enough D even if you subtracted those two guys and you could have added at least some, some talent on the forward end and also someone that you could trade at least for more assets mm-hmm. that you won't get for the guys they pick. So um, I assumed when they made those picks that there was a side deal and there wasn't. So I, I really don't understand it um, on that part. Already Jay, who's your pick? Personally, my pick was Jamie Alexia. I, I think, good like he's a good defender average but then sign him to that contract paying him pretty much like what i think it's 4.6 yeah i think that's a little steep for uh, for him and especially then you're you're also missing out on ben bishop who i thought would have been yeah. a good addition to that team a true number one goalie i mean obviously his health is a concern but i mean when you have you're picking three goalies and there's some good goalies that were picked and left off the board um yeah that that just perplexed me i didn't i i don't really like that contract either Speaking of Alexiak, I just want to do a little shout out. Uh, Penny Alexiak, of course, his sister uh, won silver at the Olympics uh, in, I believe it was 100 meter relay or four person 100 meter relay. So very happy. I I watched it live. It was a lot of fun. The Australians broke the world record. So that was equally, well, 
well, more more crazy, but as you know, we're all Canadian here, so um, that was that was fun, and they beat out the Americans by like, like you know point two seconds or whatever it was. So that was you know icing on the cake right there. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, Olivier, what's your pick? I I have to go back to when we were mentioning like maybe they wanted cap space, maybe they didn't want that big star player. For me, it's missing on Carey Bryce and picking ten million a year. And is picking that... Joey Decord over a Chris Tierney, back to what Jay was saying, it's all oh. coming full circle. Because if you don't take Joey Decord, you take Chris Tierney. Your center depth is already looking a lot better. You have Carey Price. If your problem is the potential cap space, or because of his injury, he was going to potentially go on LTIR for the whole season. Seattle had no idea. If he goes on LTIR, you have all that cap relief regardless. You can probably find another free agent goalie that would replace your Joey decor that you would have picked originally. So you're not really losing anything there. If he doesn't go on LTIR and you have him, you have carry price. You know what I mean? That's the guy that's going to sell tickets. That's the guy that's going to sell jerseys. If you pick him, but, but I agree. do you envision him being healthy and, and cause he hasn't been the greatest throughout the regular seasons. For a he's while not now. a great regular season goalie. Right but now, then, but the, but the, for the regular season, but the, I was just going to say, but that's why you have with expansion, you have the ability to have basically three or two backups that you can, that you acquire. Right. So. So do like a one, a one B kind of situation. Yeah, You have, you have Chris Drieger and Vitek Vanacek and Carey Price. Let's pretend you have those guys. If Carey Price is having a poor regular season, you rest him half a third of the season. He plays maybe 40 games and you play Chris Drieger and Vitek Vanacek. You, I feel like that's harder said than I feel like it's harder done than said. It's know? hard oh, to justify sure. that it is cap hit. Like if you're if you're yeah. paying your goalie ten but, million dollars to play less than forty games, like I don't know, I don't know about that. But then if he's hurt, then you have LTIR. So that's the other thing too. Because if he's not hurt, we know so play so regular season carry price in the past few years has been relatively underwhelming. Um, but I wouldn't go Playoff and say beat. that he's a bad goalie. Oh no, I don't think that. But I think I think people are a little high on him right now just because of the because of the playoff the big run. run. I mean, yeah, he, he was standing on his head. He was a he's a great goalie. But, but uh, he, here's the other thing: you're a brand new roster, and people are high on this player. And I'm sure the people of Seattle, especially the people of Seattle, his wife's from Washington. They're from the area. They own a house. He's from Anaheim Lake, which is like a few hours away. I think he could have been one of those like hometown legends, you know, come he, back, he could have been 100%. play out the rest of his career there, you know, finish out that huge contract. And he would have loved being there. I'm sure he's the one who, as far as all the, the, the sources tell us, went up to Bergevin and Allen and said, Hey, look, I'm going to waive my no movement clause. You're going to expose me, keep Allen. Cause he was worried that if we exposed Allen, they picked Allen and mm-hmm. he was injured. We would be stuck playing like uh, God, Caden Primo and Michael McNiven to start the season which would have been an awful start to our season given that the divisions are going back to what they used to be yeah so yeah, yeah kachuk would have a hat trick on that guy i honestly let's yeah. go but <laughs> i think yeah anyways i was just gonna say i think a great way to sum it up is uh i picked up the saying a couple uh couple days ago predictions are uh, are pretty hard and uh, even tougher when uh, they're about the future. So, uh, oh Lord, who was that <laughs> Ottawa podcaster? Yeah, was, it's uh, check out the Carlson, uh, the Carlson years on uh, I think they're everywhere. So, they're a competition though. So, maybe we shouldn't be plugging them. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Good. Anyways, do we want to get onto uh, onto the trades? Yeah. Well, I just want to mention one last thing. Um, Carey Price could have been the you know, Marc Andre Fleury for Seattle. I, that, that, that could have been. 
even but anyways, like it was it was not meant to be. Even if Carey Price is garbage for the rest of his career, you may, you'd make so much money just having him as the face of your franchise. Yeah. That's yeah, true. 100%. All right, trades. Uh, <laughs> again, we spent quite a long time on that, but, you know, it, it's a new team in the league. We needed to talk about it, and there you have it. So, trades, Arizona has officially started a new rebuild after what really seems like a decade of rebuilding and disappointment. Kieran, uh, Kieran do you think they're just saving cap space for Matthews? Yep, <laughs> it's looking like it. It's looking like it. Oh. okay. Let, let, let's 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 come home, it. Austin. Come home. Yeah, they they took on Andrew Ladd contract. They took they took on the Shane Gotts behavior. Uh, well, for literally nothing. They they literally traded nothing. Both of those trades are from the Yeah, they got Andrew Ladd. Actually, play. no, it's future considerations, Kieran. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which basically means a conditional seventh. That means that if Andrew Ladd plays four hundred games for the rest of his career. If Andrew Ladd gets a four-goal game, we'll give you a bag of pucks. Yeah, there Let's you go. go. All right, but I think the more, like, well, and then they, they took on all of Vancouver's dead weight contracts for Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland while accumulating a 2021 first, 2021 second, 2023 third, 2022 second, 2022 seventh, 2021 second, and two other conditional picks. I believe they're both second rounders as well. Um, now, there's a lot there. There, that that's clearly to me a rebuild. Now, do you see this as a right move, right time for them? Uh, can I say you're too late? <laughs> in a weird way, in a weird way, this team has no money, has no fans, and there was literally a year where you had no fans, or relatively few. I guess in the states they still did, and and I know they did in Arizona, but don't you want to tank when? No one's you don't have – yeah, there's no fans there, so you're not actually losing revenue. Now I, I just – who's going to go to an Arizona Coyote game next year? Like, they have no – no one shows up anyway, and now they're just going to be a first line of Louis Erickson, Antoine Roussel. They're not and, playing. They're not going <laughs> to play. I, I don't know what's going to – And Jay Beagle. Um, no, just in all seriousness, I, 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 I think it's probably the right move. I just don't know how – viable that that franchise is especially considering this team will not be good for at least what three years two two yeah. and a, two three years so at least they're, they're at banking least on, yeah they're banking on clayton keller and barrett hayden and uh you know jacob is it jacob but, jacob chicken whatever his name is yeah. Chitron, jacob, jacob, yeah. Chitron, jacob yeah. but let, but let's say like they shane get let, let's say they get <laughs> shane right next year and then i don't know get another high-end pick the year after They'll be really good, and then they could honestly get Matthews. So uh, yeah, they have they have a lot of expiring contracts. Like Kessel's yeah. up after next year; he's not getting re-signed, at least not at the same uh, cap hit. And yeah, like they're gonna have a lot of cap space. And I don't know they they have a few pretty good young players. So I think it's the right move. But like like you said, it's just a little too late. Yeah, Who's the new cool. captain. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting now. Maybe Absolutely. we'll, we'll have from already from the press boxes yeah (laughs) literally that that's where he'll be the only player that vancouver gave up that has some kind of value is jay beagle as a fourth line center because he can play uh penalty killing minutes and i mean he he does provide leadership that's one thing a lot of people in the industry does there do say about you know jay beagle um beyond that not much value uh Okay, so looking on the other side of the trade for Vancouver, 
what does it mean to receive Oliver Ekman Larson and Garland? I, I, um, I think Kieran, you should answer that for, for the viewers because you are the, the Vancouver. Yes, resident Vancouver. Vancouver um, now, now I mentioned this. I, I'm, you know what? Okay, so the trade is broken up in, in different pieces. Now, this is one. This isn't one large. I mean, it was one big trade, but there are different pieces and components to the trade. So, for example, it's essentially a first and. I don't know, Roussel or Beagle for Garland. That that's what it was. And then it's Oliver Eckman Larson and dumping the seven or six more years of contract for him. Uh for you know Erickson and the other mischief, whatever you want to call him. Um, either Roussel or, or Beagle, one of the one of the two, uh, plus the you know, couple of additional draft picks that they picked up. But this is, you know a second year in a row where Vancouver gave up their first round pick. I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Um, but at the same time, Garland's a, an incredibly skilled player. Uh, it's going to provide top line scoring and he's a advanced stats would suggest that he is a top 30 uh, like forward in the league. Um, now I, I'm not, I haven't watched enough Arizona to confirm that for myself, but I don't think anybody has. What, <laughs> I don't think anybody has. Yeah, fair enough. But that is what I'm reading uh, and picking up from a lot of journalists and people in the industry. Now, uh, what does this say for Vancouver? It is win now mode for Vancouver. The question is, what version of Oliver Ekman Larson, Oliver Ekman Larson, will we be getting? And and I mean, I, I think perhaps he can have some kind of value. Vancouver is playing more of a offensive style brand of hockey than. They played. Then he played in Arizona with Rick Tockett, and he's not a very defensive-minded player. So maybe he'll be better. And, and I think also a psychological factor in that Vancouver wants some. Vancouver fans, for the most part, are pretty excited. I'm not one of those. I, I see his stats and I see the decline, and I, I see it as a red flag for six nope. more. Top three years. Norris uh, defenseman next year. I'm calling it right now. That's my hot take for the pod. Okay. Well, probably not. <laughs> yeah, no, a very minute chance of you know coming up. Um, but it, it is win now mode. We, we got Jason Dickinson to level out our third line. Uh, Vasily Podkolzin will come into our third line. That'll be a great uh, you know third line four checker. Um, Garland's on top line, meaning either JT Miller. Uh, well, JT Miller will be pushed down to uh, second line with Bo Horvat and then Hoaglander and then pushing Pearson down to the third line, which would equal Pearson, Dickinson, and Put Colson, which I think is a really good, really strong third line. So it is win now mode for Vancouver. The only question is, what the hell is our defense score right now? Um, we're likely to trade Schmidt. I don't know what we're going to get back from, but. Hughes needs a defensive player alongside him. And I don't know what Oliver Ekman Larson is going to provide. If he's going to be the player that he was three years ago, then fantastic. If he's going to be the player that he was a year ago or two years ago, uh, six more years of that. Uh... I don't think you can play um, like uh, Ekman Larson with, uh, with Hughes. Like Hughes, well, they're like, not going to, they're not going yeah. to. There's no like, way he just he was like I think he's a good player. He's like it's kind of like the Carlson dilemma too in uh, in Ottawa. Like he he is someone who needs a defenseman that can cover his mistakes because he's gonna make defensive mistakes. Yeah, but that's not that's not his game. Like that's what you the price you kind of have to pay when he has so much off like upside when he's playing offense. 
And so that's and like you need you need someone who can stay at home. And unfortunately, Ekman Larson is not that guy because he's also he is more of a puck moving kind of. Yeah, he's he's just not he's not he's also more offensively minded than defense. Yeah, but but he's a puck moving defenseman in the sense of he is good at passing it out. He's not the greatest at skating it out in recent years. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, last point I would like to make. Vancouver just needed to wait one more year. All of our bad contracts would have been off the books and we would have been starting a new fresh year with 20 something million cap space after Pedersen and Hughes would have been signed. So if we just waited one more year, no issues, but of course, deep throating it from Aquilini's and fucking Benning. That's not happening. Um, good Lord. I, I just, just need to be patient. Just need patience, but we can't and we won't. And as a Vancouver fan, I'm not. It, I think that side just says it all. all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think if you guys had more defensive prowess, I'd, I'd feel all right about this trade. Yeah. Like, like we mentioned earlier, like you need somebody who can sit on OEL and Hughes's line and just kind of babysit them and let them do their thing. And yeah. back check for him and get him out of that. Schmidt, Every once in a while, get him out of that two on one they caused, Schmidt, right? Schmidt. It's it's not Schmidt, it's not Myers, and it's not you, Levy. <laughs> you need to take so, Vancouver's decor and Montreal's decor and kind of just smush half of them together. Hey, you want to trade? You want to take? I mean, Myers Montreal desperately needs a puck moving defenseman, and you guys clearly need a guy who can sit at home like Sherrod. So, you want to take my beauty. Myers and uh, I just, no, I'll give them no, to you. I do you. not want Myers. No, well, there you go. Schmidt either. He's okay, okay. Moving on from Vancouver's dilemma, uh, Chicago gets Seth Jones and, of course, his brother, Caleb Jones, who came from Edmonton, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Seth Jones later signed an eight-year deal worth over – ooh, I am – I've lost track of the numbers. So, Nine and uh, a half. Sorry? Nine and a half. Nine and a half million. Yeah. Solid player. Uh, Seth Jones, a 2021 first, a 2022 six for Adam Botquist who still has a lot of upside. I think a lot of people in the industry yeah. are reading him. Yeah. 2020 first, tw- sorry, 2021 first, 2021 second, and then 2022 first. So a lot to give up for Seth Jones, but Seth Jones is an incredible player. Um, initial thoughts on the trade? Who do you think will come off as the uh, victors? And of course, it's hard to say with three draft picks not being chosen yet, but, Can or, I or sorry, two of them being chosen, but like we haven't seen them progress. I, I, I'd actually... I'm, I'm going to say neither, and this is why. This is very much like a first-take ESPN kind of uh, take <laughs> on this case. But the reason why I say not Columbus is because every player in Columbus is leaving Columbus. So eventually you'll have to keep your guys. Now, Seth Jones is not an analytic darling, um, and giving him $9.5 is a lot. He's also not that young he's i think maybe 26 yeah it's an extension so this goes into his 27 you're basically paying him nine and a half when he's 35 right so i i don't really like that deal they gave up a lot now they didn't have to give up doc or to but bokvist was a really good defenseman had 16 points in 35 uh, games last year a 12th overall pick it's it's this year's draft it's a bit of a crap shoot so um, but still a high pick, and then another first round, or and I think another second, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, it's two yeah. firsts and a second. 
Yeah. They, they paid a, they, a hefty it's, price. It's, it's basically three firsts because Boquist was the eighth overall pick in 2018. Yeah. So, um, so for Columbus, I think it's a great deal. The thing is, is that you're going to have to keep players, right? This is uh, Panarin, um, Bob, although Bob has been horrible in, in Florida, obviously Dubois, now this. So it's it just uh, line A, there's always rumors about him leaving. Um, so it just, it's just a bad situation there. And uh, I kind of feel for their fans because they seem to actually have fans. So, um, yeah. uh, but I, I think if it wasn't for all the guys leaving Columbus, I'd definitely give it to Columbus. I don't get this for Chicago. They're not really there yet. And that's a lot of money. That's more than kill McCarr, right? And yeah. Who would you rather have? Flair, yeah. Yeah. It's not even. No, I think, case. I think Seth Jones is a very, very good defenseman. And I think just you see it with other players to come out who come out of Columbus or like the Torrella system. Like I'm thinking mainly like Ryan McDonough, like when you, when you have a player like that, who is a good talent, but then you have them blocking shots and playing the defensive scheme that a uh, Tortorella wants to play. Like it's hard. It's hard to really shine and come through. I think Seth Jones, especially when I look back watching them in the playoffs, not this last year, but the year before he, he is a beast. He's, he's really, really good. I think he is a, without a doubt, top 10 probably i would say top six defenseman in the league so wow. i think i i think he's really really good personally i think he'll do well in chicago i think like they replace their duncan keith he's the guy they're going to be riding they think they have a formula in chicago for winning um and and i mean they have the dynasty to prove it so i think they got some good players to build on in doc and the brinkat now they have uh now they have a good, uh, good defenseman as well. A great defenseman, in my my opinion. Now they just, if they can, uh, if they can figure out their goaltending and uh, what's it? It's Lekkinen is his name, I think. Um, who's their goalie? It's Lekkinen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Malcolm yeah. as well, I think. Yeah, they have Colin Delia, Kevin Lankinen, Malcolm Subban, and Matt Tompkins right now. Which interesting. Lekkinen, yeah. he didn't have a bad year last year, so if he can keep it up, I think I think that is a team that can be pretty good and can be good for a while um because they do have some young players they have some big expiring contracts over the next couple of years so they could be good i'm uh, i'm feeling optimistic for them shout out to ryan because he's a big cox fan oh lord okay. i may have been uh, slightly biased from uh from what information he's been spewing to me but uh oh, oh yeah i don't know i personally i think they paid a steep price i think yeah there's no clear i think if the draft picks work out, I think Columbus obviously wins the deal. But uh, I think if Seth Jones, I think Seth Jones is going to be very, very good in Chicago. So uh, fantasy power rankings might take him early on. Watch out, <laughs> Good lord! Alrighty, uh, moving on to some other interesting trades. Uh, Philadelphia with some interesting uh, little trades here and there. Um, of course, getting rid of the Shane Gothisbear uh, contract for what was? Did you say future? Future considerations. But for for now, it's literally nothing. So I'm going to say it's literally nothing and make it seem worse than it perhaps is. Uh, But that was interesting. Uh, And of course, you know, icing on the cake, wrist aligning for Robert Haig, a first and a second? What is going on? And before I forget, I I do think that Cam Atkinson for Voracek was a good move. Now, I mean, maybe you guys don't agree, but I I think that was a good move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I think, think that. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, you can go, Jeff. 
Oh, I was just going to say, I think uh, Gary Bettman put uh, the trade difficulty on easy because some of these deals, I have like no idea what the GMs are thinking <laughs> for all the, uh, for all the NHL players out there, but uh, no, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm perplexed. Anyway, sorry, Alex, I cut you off there. No, I was just going to say is I, I completely agree. Rista Linen is a really interesting case. He had four straight years of over 40 points on like really bad teams in Buffalo. Not as much recently. I think they were, I think from 2016 to maybe 2020, but on some pretty woeful teams. So, but he's not an analytics darling. Um, no, he's not. He's so, one of the worst defensemen. Yeah. So, but then again, he was in a horrible situation. I think you have to take that out. Look at Taylor Hall, look at other guys. I'm sure Sam Reinhardt will do great in Florida and we'll touch upon that a bit later, yeah. but um, yeah, I, th- I think I, I, I don't mind the Goss spare deal. I wouldn't, I don't love it, but again, you need cap space. That's kind of what you have to do. Um, I think bringing in Ryan Ellis really perplexes me. Uh, that deal is atrocious. I'm sorry. I, I like Ryan Ellis. I, it sounds like he's a nice guy, but you're paying him 6 million until he's 36. Uh, no, thank you. Um, so just, I, I don't really know what they're doing. They don't seem like they're that close to me. Um, now if Carter Hart becomes the goalie that we thought he was a year ago, they're still a pretty good team. They have Giroux, Hayes, Van Riemsdyk, Konechny, Couture, um, Lawton. Like they have good players, um, obviously on the back end, still pretty good. Provorov, Ellis, uh, Ristolainen, Braun, stuff like that. But, uh, I, I don't. I don't fully understand it, um, but they won't be bad, but it's kind of like Vancouver. Will they be great? And I, I don't think so. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those moves that they made to like the GM might've been more optimistic than most of the fan bases as far as where they are. He was probably looking at it and going, Oh man, like Couture, Giroux, Hayes, like all the players you just mentioned, Alex and went, dude, we're like, we're like this close. You probably went, we're like this close. You know, who's going to tip the needle. Ryan Ellis and Cam Atkinson and whether he likes it or not I don't necessarily know if both of those guys are going to tip the needle as much as he thinks they are yeah don't get me wrong I like Ryan Ellis as well good player contract awful for somebody who's 30 and hasn't really been you know trending he's not a great skater he's not exactly he's not he's not trending upwards and he's not that kind of player that like you know he's a defenseman who plays the body as well so like the older he gets he's not skating any faster he's not hitting any harder and if you're not a player who plays with a lot of his, you know, if you're not a crafty player, like, like OEL, like we're talking about Vancouver, not a great skater already, but that first pass is not going to get worse as he gets older. Hopefully, you know, he's still going to be the same smart player. That'll make a nice clean first pass and not cost you a turnover by just losing it, trying to go, you know, end to end. But there's some other ones, these guys that is that is Ryan Ellis and Cam Atkinson going to tip the needle is you getting rid of ghost contract and taking on another bad contract worth it? We can't tell now. I'm leaning towards no. I'm leaning towards the Flyer are going to continue to sit in mediocrity yeah. for the next few years. Unless like, unless Carter Hart pulls a Jordan Bennington and goes, oh yeah, I, I know how to do this. I can stop Bucks and then stops them for a whole season. And maybe, but otherwise, if I was a Flyers fan, I would have some things to look forward to, but other things that are confusing by taking in these older guys in a moment that you're not ready to push for a cup. On, on it doesn't paper, feel like you are. On paper, it, it looks decent, but in actuality, it'll be interesting to see. And you look two, three years down the line, uh, 
Oof. I on paper, I and I'm not a Flyers fan as a Habs fan, really don't like the Flyers. On paper, I like this roster because you look at it and you see a bunch of younger guys that have been made names in the league that are rel- pretty good. You see a tw- only 28 year old Sean Couturier, you know, like sure. Um, Travis Konechny on a nice little yeah, like too. Yeah. Travis Konechny, Kevin Hayes. It's a weird team. Like, it's a it's Giroux, a weird team. Giroux's only 23, uh, only 33, sorry, and he's still playing okay. Mm-hmm. Then you have he's young guys like Morgan Frost, Joel Farabee, you know, Oscar Lindblom's playing well. JVR is still, you know, still on that team. Yeah. You have all these guys that you feel should be able to come together and be a great team. And they kind of just don't year after year with guys like Konechny, who's 24, you know, all these they guys did. who, and their I, decor itself, like Provorov, yeah. Sanheim, Rist, like with Cam York, even all guys under 25. Yeah. I, don't, I think it's a weird team. Like last year, I think Carter Hurt really let them down because yeah. like first half, like they started off well. They, they were playing well when Carter Hurt was playing well. I draft him in a fantasy. He was doing well for me until he wasn't. Um, no, like it, they just, they underperformed last year. But I think also what we're forgetting is two years ago, they were the best team in the NHL going into the playoffs. They were on an incredible streak. Obviously, I forget who they lost to. I think they lost to no, the Islanders. I think they lost to, right? Anyways, um, I, I think I think they're, they're a good team. I think some of the moves are terrible, mainly the rest of line in one. That one is brutal. I, like I have no idea how you can you can trade away. Uh, what what is it? It was Robert Hag, who analy- for all the an- analytical nerds out there, is a better player than uh, Ristolainen. A first and a second for a guy making five point four, and he's expiring next year. That makes no sense whatsoever. So I, I don't get that. I don't get that deal. It just seems like like and then a 14th overall pick this year too. That is a steep price. Ristolainen, especially like if the like say Carter Hart blows a tire again next year, doesn't play well. If I'm Rasmus Ristolainen, I go all right later. I'll yeah, take what's his my money elsewhere? Is... Like I'm 26, I can definitely prove myself somewhere else. Peace out. I'll go play for another team. Yeah, yeah. I know they're they're another uh, perplexing team. I have to say that's the word of the day. I think Especially if with Ristolainen, if they don't give him that many minutes, because you have Ryan Ellis, Niskanen, Provorov, Sanheim, Cam York, all these guys that can play. If if I'm Ristolainen and I end up being thrown on like a second pair or a third pair, and I don't get many minutes, I don't think they're gonna do that. I think they brought him in to put him in like second or first pair, maybe. Mm-hmm. But like if I'm especially because it's a right-handed shot. But if I'm him and I don't get the minutes even if they played relatively well, he might not consider staying. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's just their team. Yeah. They got, they got their old guys too. I mean, I thought the, the Voracek deal was a good deal getting someone younger in Cam Atkinson in who is uh, he, I mean, he's getting paid actually he's 32. God damn. They're the same. Yeah, he's not, he's not that young. He's, holy, the same I thought he was so much younger. I just, I'm looking at this now, no. but I don't know. I think, yeah, that is a cap saving. Uh, that is a cap saving move. And I think, Voracek, he does have the offensive upside um, on Cam Atkinson, but Cam Atkinson is just a more versatile player. So uh, we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see how better, that better score, better goal scorer. Yeah, um, but Voracek, he can pass the puck. I don't know. We'll see how it works out. That is, uh, yeah, that's an, another interesting team. Be uh, interested to see how they uh, do this season. Yeah. Already, uh, Alex, I'll let you take this one. Uh, Sam Reinhardt, Sam Reinhardt to Florida. Uh, what do you expect from him? What, what do you like? Where do you see him fitting? Um, he doesn't play without the puck. Um, so horrible defensive player, but 
he got 25 goals last year on that Buffalo team in 54 games. Uh, that's crazy. That team lost what 18 in a row? Well, I don't, I forget what it was. So something ridiculous like that. I, I believe he's a restricted free agent, so they're gonna have to pay him. And they have some, they do have cap issues, so they're gonna have to move deals and guys out. But I, I like the move. I think it's a first and a good prospect, Le, uh, Levi or Le, Levi. Devin Levi the goat. Yeah, Devin Levi. The, the junior team. So uh, the Canadian uh, at the junior. So gold medal winner. Exactly. So I, I think it's a good deal. I, I think it'll make Florida really good. Depending on when Ekblad comes back, that obviously is you oh, um, put in a your top defenseman, so that obviously helps. So I think Florida is going to be a really, really good team next year. Uh, but I will, I will just put a caveat: is they only have 11 million. They have a bunch of guys to sign in cap space, mm-hmm. so we'll see who they have to trade out and then um, how good they get. But I, I like to deal a lot. They should be a good team next year. The first won't be that bad. So, yeah. I think losing, uh, I think losing Devin Levi is also not that big of a deal, given the um, surge, resurgence of Spencer Knight, who showed he can, you know, play in the big league. So I don't think them losing Devin Levi is going to be that bad. Or Drieger, yeah, yeah, or Drieger. Which it's a shame that they lost two, or they lost one to expansion, then traded one away. But uh, I think with Spencer Knight coming up and like Sam Montembeau being young and still a relatively capable backup, they're they're not going to be that bothered by it. Especially if Bob decides to, you know, remember to play hockey again and <laughs> prove his salary worth it. But um, that's just my little tidbit on it. I don't think the the first and the prospect are that big of a deal for a pretty good return. All right. Uh, I was going to mention one more, or I was going to ask another Seattle cracking question, but I think we've pretty, you know. Yeah. We, we, we've gotten that we've gotten that pat down so uh forget about seattle but is this a new rebuild for buffalo i mean they traded right they traded away reinhardt they traded away ristolainen um are we expecting a jack eichel trade and then okay well before i forget how many like this buffalo team has to be the new edmonton oilers they got okay second round second overall with jack eichel but i mean they, they could have been a first to be honest, um, first with uh, Rasmus Dahlin and then first with Owen Power. So um, are they new Edmonton now? Like, what is this? Well, Edmonton was better. <laughs> <laughs> they suck. <laughs> they are just bad. <laughs> like, I don't even know where to begin with them. Like, just brutal. Like, everything is bad there. They didn't. There's, there's a lot of toxicity. Not even allowing. Jack they didn't have a scouting staff for like a yeah weeks. Like it's it. Their owner's horrible. I, I feel really bad for the fans who who actually see like there was a pretty good fan base there at least when they, I was they still do have a good fan base and yeah. they have a, a relatively decent fan base in southern Ontario as well. And my my dad's one of them. Yeah, so I think with the, uh, with the Eichel trade, it's just gonna be hard to. He makes so much money at I think ten million. So a team one they're going to have to facilitate taking back cap space. I mean, that's not a big deal for Buffalo, but at the same time, if you're them, it's like, well, why am I taking your bad contract when I'm giving you a, basically a good contract, even though it's 10 million. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. He's supposedly injured, had a a neck hernia or something like that. And that's been an issue with the club. And does he go to surgery or not? And all that. So um 
it sounded like it was close on the weekend. The Habs were apparently in the mix for him. Habs, with- New York Rangers, uh, LA Kings, and a few other teams were in the mix. So, so we'll see. I, I think it gets done before the season. And if it doesn't, it's basically because he's still hurt. And, and that's what's the holdup. He's, he's not going to be in Buffalo very long. And if he does, he's not, it's not because he's going to be on the ice. It's just going to be because he's hurt. So, yeah. Um, it'll, it'll take some time yeah. to move his contract, just like it took some time to move Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah, or no time at all. Okay. Well, I, I guess uh, were there any last points they want to bring up, or are we are we good? Can I think another good. hot take. Yeah. Michael, the New York Rangers. They made a beautiful trade getting rid of Bushnevitz, or what is that his name? Yeah. 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 yeah that was a that was a bad trade too. Mm. Did they buy out. But, uh, they're making room for him, so he's gonna come. Right. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Do, do they buy out Tony D'Angelo? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that that's good. That well, that that's good and gone. So, <laughs> well, I don't think we need to touch on that. Just no, some, I don't yeah. want to. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Olivia, for being here, and of course, thank you, Alex, for always being here. Uh, thank you to your listener as well for always tuning in and being there with us. So until next time, take care. <laughs>